0: Welcome to the Ignite Your Spark podcast. We're here to talk all things self-development, personal growth, and everything in
1: between. Our aim for this podcast is that you feel like you found your people, a like-minded community that just gets it. So whether you're cosy on the sofa or taking your daily stroll, let's get into it.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Ignite Your Spark podcast. So on this episode, we have the incredible Ellie with us today. And Ellie is an online transformation coach and she helps women build a healthy relationship with food. And I know this is a hot topic in the social media um, online space at the moment. So Ellie, I'm going to hand it over to you. And if you can just talk us through your story and, you know, where where you were and where you are now and, and what it is you do.
2: Oh my goodness! Where do I start? I, <laughs> I, I feel like it. I mean, it has been a journey, but um, taking it right back, I would say everything kind of started when I was sixteen. So that's I'm twenty three now. So a hefty chunk of my life. But prior to that, I was a gymnast. So I kind of grew up. I guess if you want to call it in like the space of com- competition and just like high standards, and you know, you're surrounded by women in mm-hmm. leotards and. You're being judged, right? That that's kind of it—the competitions, You're being judged, and that for me was an amazing part of my life. But it kind of led into this perfectionism mindset, I guess. When I turned sixteen, and do you know, I feel like that age—you're trying to find your identity, and you don't really know who you are. And I was at the point where I was moving schools, and I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess, I just wanted to find—that sounds really cliche—like find (laughs) myself. But no, I. Yeah, like I said, I went to a new school and I was creating like new friendships and stuff like that. And for me, it was just like a blank slate. So it was at the age as well where I had a bit more freedom and I was had my first job and I was becoming very aware with how I looked. And it was the first time I've ever had any thought about how I looked in the mirror and how I felt in clothes. And again, before that, just never, ever, ever crossed my mind. And comparison really came into play. So started my new school in September and uh, by the November things have rapidly declined and I never knew what an eating disorder was when I was 16. I felt like it was always one of those things it's like oh I'm never gonna have that it's never gonna be me and by the November well, actually my mum picked up on it first so she she noticed my mood more than anything else and the the next thing really was the weight so got diagnosed and I was like that's I I still don't fit the 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 label as anorexic and have an eating disorder and it was one of these things I felt like I had to prove it to myself that I was that person which again it's just you know that's another (laughs) story for another day but um yeah like I said so from there I got diagnosed in November and was out of education for six months so homeschooling myself lost a lot of obviously relationships and friendships in that that time as well which is tough I don't think many people talk about it and then got myself better uh, diagnosed myself discharged myself in the May (laughs) from the place where I was getting treatment and it's you know it's one of those things it's not really I think it's made out to be like a really easy process of like healing and recovery and growth and actually it's one of the hardest processes I've ever been through it was rocky it was challenging you learn a lot about yourself and you know you can relapse as well which I did and then that spiraled into a binge eating disorder so it's been a journey and I would say when I kind of reached 20 20 20 yeah about 20 I just everything just kind of lifted and you know I'm not saying like it would just went like that overnight but everything kind of got better and you know the, the intrusive thoughts were no longer as intrusive and it was at the point obviously where we were in lockdown and I was on furlough from my job and I kind of fell into the, well, I got myself a coach basically because it got to the point where I was like I can't, I can't keep doing this. So a fitness coach myself because my passion has always been I guess fitness from the gymnastic years and uh yeah it was like I'm really going to dedicate myself to this because nothing really has ever worked up until this point so I had nothing to lose. I was at the point where I could have gone gone one or two ways. It could have even got worse or it could have got better. And for me, it was such a big investment at the time. I was like, I said, I was on furlough, didn't really have much money to my name. I'd moved out. Like, you know, it was, was, it's a hard time for a lot of people and it just went up from there. And, uh, like I said, lockdown for me was a bit of a transformative process, I guess, if you want to call it that. Like I had a lot of time to reflect and I started like typing out these (laughs) eBooks for like fun. And, uh, was given them to my friends and stuff like that and that's I think that for me was like the moment where I was like I love this and obviously falling into the coaching space now but it never intended to for me to be a coach it purely came from me going through my own process and maturing and realizing lots of different things and almost like healing myself along the way and it's like led me to the point now where it's my full-time job it's what I do and it's come from a passion like a real passion and a real understanding and that's kind of where I'm at I guess if you want to call
0: it that so that's been the journey but oh Ellie fun. honestly it's such a transformational journey though and every mm. time I see you post on your socials because you are very open about this and you yeah. Yeah. you know you do share your story and you share your message so beautifully mm. and I think you'll find a lot of people become coaches because they've been through mm. some really hard difficult times but they've overcome them and it's like wow I want to be able to help people yeah and show people and I know that's you know that's me coming from my own personal night yeah. space as well um but I just think it's just like like your transformation and you you know you said you're you're 23 years old and yeah. what you have achieved and you're just so inspirational and I think I think when I obviously because you've you've been my coach you know you trained yeah. <laughs> me for yes. a couple of months because I was really struggling with having a full-time job and mm. you know different businesses on the side and you really came in and because you've been in that position as well yeah. and you know you, you could see you, you were filling in the gaps kind of thing and I said you was like my little fairy godmother that came in and <laughs> you gave me structure and you've seen it but it's because you've you've been in that position and you've been you know in that space and I come from a binge eating background as well I didn't really think it was an eating disorder back then I used to think I was just greedy and just wanted to stuff my face with you know food like chocolate I couldn't stop eating it now little did I know it was attached to emotion Yeah, Um, yeah 100% and I think it's only like going through your own journey and you know coming through the other side that you actually look back and think it there was more to it you know so people out there that have this unhealthy relationship with food there's always a reason why it's not just mm. because of one one thing so obviously with the girls that you you coach in in this space and everything would you say that you get quite a lot of women that come to you because they've got these types of of disorders disorder diseases? yeah
2: I mean it, I coach women from the ages of like 18 to late 50s so it really does range in terms of age uh groups but I would say a lot of it, if if they do come to me for that reason, obviously, like you came to me for a different reason. And I, I coach multiple women, but the women that are going through this stuff, it's either a means of control. So maybe they lack control in certain areas, whether it's work, relationships, friendships, just where they are in life. And they feel like food is their way to control that and mm. um, the second thing is a lack of fulfillment in other areas so maybe they're just not feeling that fulfillment in their day-to-day so their their way to control or not control sorry fulfill themselves is through food and it's their only source of quote-unquote pleasure which you know for me that's that was kind of it it was it was both combined but it, like you said earlier like it's not until you overcome it you've realized that was actually a problem like that was you yeah. know that now you can think rationally about it it's okay, that was because I was unhappy or that was because I wasn't fulfilled in my job. And that's kind of what I guess furlough did for me. It gave me that time to realize I was actually fulfilled and I was so unhappy in what I was doing that my way to overcome that was just to sit on the sofa and eat. And what I find a lot of the time as well with the women that I do coach is that they're embarrassed about it. And I think that's why I speak so openly on, on social media about it is because there's so much shame attached to it. And it's like you identify as that person that you actually on mm. so again like I said it, it does range and it does vary the reasons to why the women come to me but <clears throat> I think a lot of it is down to yeah like I said just not
0: feeling great in themselves or just yeah having no control externally yeah. of certain things and you know it kind of obviously be like the flip side of it as well I found as well where people you know it they're not getting the right nutrients hence mm-hmm. why you know the cravings are there as well so there are you know different types of elements but I think anything like this always comes down to that emotional attachment to something like you said and and what you've covered there so yeah obviously with with the women that you're coaching and things like that like through these types of programs at the moment what kind of advice you know like where's the starting point for them because I guess they come to you and it's Uh, they they want they want to know where they want to get to they just don't know where to even begin because it's a it's a big topic it's like a
2: minefield. it's like where do you even start and I think the 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 first thing really is like obviously I'm there I'm on social media people message me but a lot of the time it's it's the first the first thing the hardest thing to do is reach out and uh it will be the best thing you could ever do because as soon as you just voice how you're feeling instantly that weight is lifted the second thing really is is obviously for me to talk to them and actually get really clear on like how they're feeling because it's about giving them like an audit of their life (laughs) I call it an audit it's like analyzing everything and it could be down to like their sleep patterns and their dieting history and where this is stemmed from because it's obviously stemmed from something and again like I said I'm not a therapist but sometimes I do feel like it because I I, you know I help people on every level it's not just me giving them a plan and being like right off you go it's coaching them along the way because they're going to be things that maybe they didn't realize that come up and it's like oh that's why I'm struggling with that is because it comes back to this thing I once dealt with so they would come to me I would give them like a like an audit if you want to call it that and just go through everything like their training at the moment their steps even like what they're doing are they over exercising are they overreaching every single day are they under reaching like where are they currently at and then from there create them the, the perfect plan. No, it's never going to be perfect, but it's like just giving them something to start with and see how they get on. Because I always say that like, the first plan you get is never going to be the plan that you're on for the foreseeable because things are going to change and we need adaptations. And within that as well, they obviously get the, the programs, but it's like constantly just keeping them going because the amount of setbacks you're going to have or the amount of doubt you're going to have is going to be very, very, very high. So just, again, just kind of guiding them, as I guess, if you want to call it that, down down the route of self-growth
0: yeah no absolutely I think even you know being part of your coaching Mm. myself personally I think the amount of value that you give on your feedback sessions and I think everything that you've been through on your journey it it just it just shows that so when you're giving this advice it's because you you're out the other side you can take a step back it's like that bird's eye view on somebody else's life and you can really help people Mm. piece the things together you know and I think that's the
2: thing though because like when they when obviously these women come to me I can almost it's weird I have this like vision of where they're gonna go and I know the outcome I know how it looks for them but obviously they can't see it because they don't know how how it's gonna work out how it's gonna unfold but I guess that's the thing because I've been there I've done it it's like I know where you can go I can see the outcome for you but let me just help you see it yourself because it's possible um but yeah
0: it's yeah, I, I just I just love that. Lisa, I know you mm-hmm. want to probably
1: ask Ellie some questions around this topic. So oh, far away. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two different angles and perspectives to ask mm-hmm. questions from. So the first one being obviously you were exceptionally young when you mm-hmm. went when your journey started in this way. And um I it's something that I'm very aware of. Like work mm-hmm. colleagues have got children that are around your age and it started at that point. Family members, myself. Is this something that you're seeing that you can see why this is being caused. Is it environment? Is it something? Because I can just imagine, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine being a parent like your mum. She yeah. knew because your mum mm-hmm. knows you. How have you got any advice for someone who's a mum or a loved one of someone who they can see going through this and how to approach it because it's such a sensitive subject?
2: Yeah, I mean, for so long I was in denial. I was like, Mum, you're you're crazy. What are you on about? And even when I was diagnosed, there was so much resistance between my mum. My mum, obviously, she always says best. Like, they always do, right? (laughs) And there's me, a teenager, thinking, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm obviously stubborn. (laughs) And even when I had that label attached to me, I still refused to do what was required of me to get better. And I think language is is really important. You obviously don't want to go in and yell Mm -hmm. and tell your child off because it's not their fault. You know, they didn't ask to have an eating disorder. And I think if you're being... Not you know, not pushy. Obviously, you want to be there to support them, but let them have their space. Because for me, if if someone told me Ellie, do this, eat this, instantly, I was like, no, I'm going to put my walls up and I'm going to go against you because I'm the one in charge. Mm -hmm. When this is what I noticed with with her, obviously, it's going to be different for everyone. But when she gave me that space to just eat in my own time, eat what I what I wanted to eat, and not you know, I obviously Mm -hmm. had a meal plan to go, I guess go off to get myself better, but. She just took the pressure off me and she left me at the table and I just could do it my own time. That was mm. the best thing she could do because there's two ways you can go about that. You can either tell your child or, you know, force feed them, which you don't want to do because, again, it's down to them to get themselves better. They need to do it in their own time. And for me, that was the most sustainable way of doing it because I learned to, to do it myself. And I think that's yeah. why now I'm doing everything myself. I'm like, I can do it. I don't need help. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other way you can go about it is just, like I said, you, you don't want to be too intrusive with how they're feeling and I guess it's one of those things where it's difficult for your child to see your child go through that of course but speaking about it is so important you need to be surrounding yourself with, with women or groups if you can um or just talking to maybe a th- even like a therapist you know I said to my mom, like obviously now looking back you know the best thing you could have done was speak to people about it because it's very isolating like I said it's a yeah it's not just a physical illness it's a mental illness and even for the people that you're surrounded by even for them it's going to be affecting them um one thing as well I just want to add is like if you are a parent and you've got a child that's going through this it's not your fault you know it's it's not your fault that your child's got this you haven't done anything wrong Mm -hmm. and it's just something they've developed and it might not be, you know, it's nothing to do with your parenting skills or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It could just be like going back to what you said a second ago is the environment and the, the, the day and age, I guess, if you want to call it that, that they've grown up in and potentially a, a way of control. So
1: yeah. there's <sighs> so many about. possibilities of what it mm-hmm. could be. Yeah,
2: there is yeah. so many things that it could be. It could even be down to the, you know, the, the chemical imbalance in the head, you know, just it's, as far as that you've got no control yeah. on that. So it's not it's not your
1: fault yeah exactly and then from the other perspective say someone who's like you say late 50s and Mm -hmm. their entire life has spent dieting new diets out this is going to be the one that's going to change them and then now in 2023 injections or tablets that are going to do these things and they they have no willpower left they've got nothing Mm. left they've got no hope left because they feel like they've tried it so many times and they feel so I can just so like relate to them I'm young and I've done it a couple of times mm. but I can only imagine like double my lifespan and I've gone through all of the diets and mm-hmm. the ups and downs and maybe having kids and all of these things like what do you say to people in that situation that feel like they have no no chance left
2: well I would say you know look at everything you've done because everything you've thrown yourself into is well my opinion it's more of a fad you know that the injections mm-hmm. they're not going to be sustainable for you long term potentially for some people a keto diet would be good but for me long term it's not your best bet because again people might have a different opinion on this but we need a balance of everything this is something i've learned i've, I've cut the carbs i've done a lot and i know that i'm only 23 but i've tried so much stuff mm-hmm everything you might have tried is a fairly fast way of losing weight. And what have you not tried? Have you tried the sustainable way of doing it whereby you are doing everything in moderation? Are you including everything? You know, Hmm. have you, have you ever tried that approach? Because if you haven't tried that, then that would be your best route to go down because right now, if you tried multiple things, well, you know, lots of things, I don't know how many it could be, but hundreds you know it, could be, it yeah. could be however many but um every time you do something and you don't quote unquote succeed and it doesn't get you results your self-worth or self-doubt well self-worth is going to be low and self-doubt is going to be high and your yeah. confidence in yourself and your abilities is going to be wrecked so of course you're going to be feeling like this I think it's important to give yourself the permission to actually acknowledge how you're feeling and know that yeah you might not be feeling your best right now but what about if you just gave it one last shot in a way that's actually sustainable for you long term because 50 60 still very young in my opinion I have clients in that age who are absolutely killing it and a prime example i coaching a lady right now who's been with me for about six months in her 50s and she had tried different things she has a zest job she was like I'm at the point now where I don't really I, I can't do it you know and I, I said to her of course, of course you can so we've got her into the gym now she's weight training she's the strongest wow. she's ever been she's the happiest oh, wow. she's ever been and I looked at her check-in photos today, and I was just like, "Wow, you look absolutely incredible!" And she's just happy. And it's like mm. that is evidence that it can be done. But I think you need to almost do it
1: and trust yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. Yeah. It. A lot of what we say is like explore, go all mm-hmm. in, take yeah. actions. Because what if,
2: you know, what yeah, if it exactly. out? what uh, what if you just gave it a go and it actually happened for you, and the, you then go into the next however many years of your life. feeling content in in who you are and how you look and how you feel
1: exactly and I feel like if you look back five ten twenty five years of the diets that were out there there is not one that was a healthy realistic sustainable approach to eating whereas now this is it literally they're changing within themselves there's another element coming in and then you find something that works for you and then they spice it up and it's just whereas now everything that i see that's out there in the market it's it's about like intuitive eating it's Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because it's so simple like of course just listen to your body yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly Uh but you're retraining what you've been told yeah for your entire life because Mm -hmm. it's a human huge industry that makes people a lot of money yeah Um, and it's it's what it's one of the
2: most expensive industries in the world but actually like i think going back to what you're saying like just eat it's like well yeah but what do I eat because mm. we weren't designed just to have all these like crazy wacky things and it's like well what do I eat though because what does my body actually need and there's it's just confusion I think that's the main thing if yeah. you just break through or cut through the bullshit should we say <laughs> it's going to make things so much easier for you because you're just overwhelmed by so much out there that one day you're looking at this on Instagram or whatever yeah. like all these social media apps that People are going to be biased because maybe they're making commission of it, you know. And uh, I think it's just about coming back to what what is going to work for you, what's going to work best for your body, your requirements, your fulfillment, and your happiness.
0: Mm -hmm. Take those boxes, absolutely. And I think I was very much a Benjita, like I said. And I think in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I think because we all had this free time. I didn't know what to do with myself. And that was when I invested in an online coach and I Mm. literally went down the fitness road and I fell in love with weight training. But what I did find with my diet was the fact that I wasn't eating enough. Mm. And that sounds crazy. I wasn't Mm. eating enough of the right foods. Like my protein, I must've been eating about 40% protein in in terms of what I'm eating now. Say I'm eating 100% protein a day. I was eating 40%. Like it was really, really low. And then my carbs were very high. And then my fats were also very high, but the wrong type of fat. So when I started Mm. to learn about the nutrition side of it, I think that was what really helped. Like it helps with my cravings because I wasn't getting the cravings, you know, like my sodium was really low. Hence why I was craving crisps and salt where when I started adding, you know, healthy salts and things to my diet and adrenal cocktails and things like that, that started to change, Mm -hmm. you know? So it can't, like you said, it's, I think it's just such a big, area to explore and it's starting with the basics, isn't it? And just like starting with one thing and not overwhelming (laughs) yourself and just seeing how you go because you can always add like that's probably what you do in in your plans and your coaching. Like you you start off, you you master the basics, you get the foundations. Exactly. You monitor and then you add as you go.
2: So that's what I do. Like I've I think if you listen to one person instead of listening to a a thousand people, you're instantly going to feel better because it's like you have one point of view Mm -hmm. and you know everyone's gonna have a different opinion some people might not like my point of view and that's fine people might disagree with what I say but you know I've got the evidence that I get results and people feel better and it's like I know that this is going to help you but let's just bring it back to basics let's strip it right down and let's just unlearn like unpick what you've learned before and re-stitch it together because you have to go through the process where you have to like consciously rebuild new habits which you know is going to require time and patience and you just being like asking questions like ask me questions and we can learn from there but with regards to like the program and stuff like that is what I've actually created now is like an onboarding course if you want to call it that because I was finding that a lot of women were coming to me and they would they had all these beliefs already and they were just overwhelmed they had so many questions and creating like an onboarding process where it's like right learn this watch this video read through this resource and then let's go through your plans because otherwise it's like you're coming and you're like I've got so many things I want to ask you do I do this do I do that and it's yeah. like okay let's just it's just slow down and let's just <laughs> go through it one bit at a time yeah but yeah like I said just one I think one one point of view isn't silly mm-hmm. gonna make everything just feel less scary
0: yeah so I think by the time this episode is released, it's going to be around, I'm going to say it, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas is coming, my favorite time of year. Um, But obviously this is going to, you know, it can, it's an amazing time Christmas, you know, for mm-hmm. people in the festive season and things like that. But it, it, I feel like it can also be very hard and yeah. daunting for people because they are surrounded by alcohol and food and parties and all of these things. And I just kind of wanted to say what one piece of advice would you give to our listeners or somebody in this headspace or in this position around the Christmas and festive season?
2: Well, I would say if you are worried about gaining weight or, you know, falling off track, should we say, or ruining your goals or what have you, then it's like a tiny percentage of a year. What is it, like two, two, five percent? Like it's not much at all. So, having like two weeks just to enjoy yourself it's first, you're not going to do any damage. You're going to be fine. And in my opinion, I think everything in moderation, always, because if you want a mince pie, have the mince pie, you know, mm-hmm. have your roast dinner. And I've done it for so many years where I said, no, I can't have a roast dinner. I can't have this. I can't enjoy myself. And it's funny because I didn't enjoy myself <laughs> those Christmases, right? <laughs> and, it's only now where I'm allowing myself to have this. And I know that in myself, I'm like, nothing's gonna change, but I think you have to go through it to show yourself that everything's gonna be fine. Just please enjoy yourself. And what I would just say is with regards to like any cravings, if you do have any cravings, if we're talking about binge eating and you're worried about eating everything because it's there, keep yourself satisfied throughout the day. So try and stick to your normal meal times include enough protein because that's gonna be one of the things that helps to blunt hunger i guess and keep you nice and full and with regards to training and stuff like that i always have to have some time off because your body cannot be training 24 7 every single day of the year 52 weeks of the year right we need to have a couple of weeks off and i think christmas is a perfect time to do it because realistically you're not going to be wanting to training you're not you're not going to be wanting to train that makes sense you're not going to want to train yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think as well if you're you know if you're with family i think soak it up because it's not often that we get time to see these people spend time with loved ones and it's once a year like your birthday it's once a year so that's kind of my prime recommendation with that and yeah just again just I don't really have anything else to say other than just enjoy it for me like I'm giving you permission to do it because if you're not doing it for yourself then please just listen to me
0: Oh, I absolutely love that, Ellie. Honestly, I really do. You, honestly, you're such a you're such a ray of sunshine. Like, <laughs> I, I just yeah. it, is there anything and else? 23,
1: my god, man! Oh, I feel cool. about 30, <laughs> which is so old. <laughs> I
0: think you you've got an, an what did they say? An old head on a young shoulder. Um, oh, I feel like I not that, that you look nice. old in any way, like not in that sense, but you but you do like what? you've lived. Yeah, I think that's because of what's I,
2: what I've been through. Like, I would not yeah. change it, which sounds crazy. Like, I would not. No, it's wish just. my eating disorder away because if I wish that away, then I would wish my current self away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just my my opinion on it. No, it's it's beautiful. So,
0: just before we love you mm-hmm. and leave you, <laughs> tell our um listeners where they can find you on your socials.
2: So it's at. i'll I'll spell it well. it's called mindful health it's mndfl and then just health and uh you'll find me there and also i have a podcast as well it's called her after power so have a listen to that it's quite new but um hopefully you'll find some more more tips on there as well incredible ellie thank you
0: so much for tonight it's been an absolute pleasure having you
2: thank you thanks for having me it's been it's been fun it's been fun and hopefully just again i get the message across you know
0: Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode. If you want to find out more, then head to the show notes where you can find all of our socials linked. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing.